Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. While the Institute for Race Relations is warning that some of the proposed changes, this is uh, to South Africa's gun laws, are likely to place women at a greater risk of gender-based violence. Uh, Joining us for this conversation, Amy Claire Morton, who is an analyst at the IRR. Amy, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure to uh, f- to have you on on the radio as well. At Sepi Mikwa is the spokesperson for Girls on Fire. At Sepi, good morning to you. Good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, sure. And later on, we'll be joined by Nana Ngobese, who is a leader of the Women Forward. Amy, perhaps let me begin with you, given mm. the fact that this particular piece is coming out of the Institute for Race Relations. Give us an idea for why you are saying and making this argument that um, the country's gun laws in particular, where the ownership of guns for self-defense is concerned, mm-hmm are likely to hinder um, the fight against gender-based violence or are likely to place women at greater risk of violence? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to leave the gender-based violence side of it for Tepi because she says it so brilliantly. I'm just going to give you like a little bit more general info around the, the amendment to start off with. Um, so basically, we're a civil rights organization. So we oppose it whenever the government infringes on citizen civil liberties. And this is a very, um, it's a case of that for us. And so there's a couple of reasons why this is a problem. First of all, the South African police services have admitted in the past, 2018 to be specific, that their mandate is overstretched. So admitting that you don't have the resources to adequately protect citizens and then taking away their ability to protect themselves is a very big problem. And this affects um, not just women, but other vulnerable people too, people living in rural areas and people living in isolation who deal with things like stock theft and have quite a tough time with hardened criminals. Taking away their ability to defend themselves is not fair. And secondly, for us, this is very inappropriate and disingenuous because earlier this year, the Auditor General found that the SAPs had overstated how many police firearms that are missing they had been able to recover. And what this means is they don't know how many of their own missing police firearms are out there being used for illegal purposes. And if you think of it, somebody planning to do something illegal or a crime is not going to go and register their firearm before committing a crime because then it's traceable. So it's kind of a way of trying to shift the blame from the South African police services and the government onto citizens and saying it's the citizens creating the crime and the violence, which is disingenuous and it's a way of not taking responsibility. So that's just to start off with that. CEPI has amazing perspectives on this, specifically on how it um, affects women. And we were very privileged to have an interview with her um, on this because she works Girls on Fire and is a great advocate for the safety of women. I'm going to bring Tepi into this conversation in a moment, but let me do this, Tepi. Mm-hmm. Uh, to avoid cutting you off, let me take a quick break and then I'll come back with your views. No problem. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation looking at the impact on the uh, proposed tighter restrictions on gun ownership, in particular on the ability of women to protect themselves. So Tsepi uh, Mekwa, she's the spokesperson for Girls on Fire. Tsepi, before we go to the views that you have on this matter, speak to us about Girls on Fire. What is this organization? 
Well, Girls on Fire started back in 2015, and um, the sole aim basically back then was to empower women uh, to protect themselves. So our big, our slogan is uh, victim no longer. We are tired of women being victims and being slaughtered in the streets of South Africa. And um, it's basically uh, giving women uh, a tool to use, which is a firearm. And um, not only that, but we help them with the legalities around it, um, getting competent, getting trained, and also knowing that once you own a firearm, you shoulder a big responsibility, and can you take that responsibility? Mm. So our aim is to have women not to be victims any longer, and uh, we are tired of the marches that happen to say, stop women abuse, stop gender-based violence and all of that. We're saying, women, take it back. Take it back and own your own security. All right. So so effectively, your organization, if I understand it correctly, has been based on, um, you know, it, it, encouraging women to take their power, as you're saying, through the ownership of guns. Precisely. I mean, a, a firearm is not um, mm. for everybody. Um, it is merely a tool. And during our programs, basically, we let women make that decision because once you get behind one and you fire a weapon, you can know this is for you and this is for not for you. You know, you make that decision at that time. Should you want to go further, then as an organization, we'll help you do it legally and we'll help you get trained on how to use it. So most of we, all the ladies who basically own firearms and in our organizations don't have what we term as safe queens, which uh, are, are, the, are the firearms that merely just sit in a safe and do nothing. They, they have to practice to use it because it, um, it is a skill you need to practice art. So, so, so then what's, what's your view on the latest proposals? Well, our view is simple. This is the government basically perpetuating gender-based violence. The president spoke about um, the second pandemic of uh, called gender-based violence. This bill purely seeks to perpetuate and enable that pandemic. I mean, how do you decrease visible policing um, by $3 billion and increase VIP? while the women, the most vulnerable citizens of this country, continue to get slaughtered in the streets of South Africa. I mean, to what end? What are you expecting women to do? In this country, we only have 193,000 police officers, half of which are actually administrative. You have one police officer for every 411 uh, 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 community members. Is that even practical? And how are you even going to get to those people, especially the women who are in trouble? So what, one of the things that, that I'm looking at, Tsepi, is some of the research that um, has been done in particular globally in terms of what puts women at risk. And if we take a look at South Africa, just the context of, of our own violence, we often find that, you know, 
when violence takes place against women, it is often carried out by by people that are known to women in the majority of, of, of incidents. And it's also been shown that where they are, where there is a firearm in the family, women are at higher risk of being victims of that the use of that firearm than than anybody else. And this is this is precisely it. Um, you know, this goes back to SAPS as as an organisation um, because there is a, a law that states purely that. If a woman comes to report that they are being abused or they're being threatened, mm. okay, with a firearm in the home, it is the duty of the police to actually retrieve that firearm from that individual. That is point number one. Number two, if I, as a woman who is being abused uh, in the home and I own a firearm, I simply level the playing field because you're not going to want to get into a gunfight with me because I can protect myself. The, the, the thing about uh, gender-based violence is about power. It's about power over women. It's about um, keeping women in a corner and uh, basically controlling their lives. And our, yeah. our point is take it back. Let, let's talk. Let's talk about what the what, what the research says, and and you've described um, the ownership of guns in the scenario that that I've given you based on just uh, the research that has been done in this country about the fact that having a gun in homes makes women more vulnerable uh, and not necessarily protect them. So when you say it will be leveling the playing field. Um, what 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 research do you have that actually oh, points to that and, and actually substantiate that point? Yeah, I'll, I'll give I, um, I'll give yeah. you a moment, Amy. I'll give sure you a moment. Thing. Just hang on for me, Tepi. Well, this is so we're not we're not we're not we're not basing it on mm. a particular um, uh, research. Mm. Number one, it's simple. I'm a seventy kilogram woman. I've got no chance physically against a man who is 100 kilos or more, mm. whatever the case is. Physically, that is physical. It, there is nothing physically I can do against a male, a, a male partner, mm. okay? But with a firearm, I'm saying, I'm living in the playing field. You know I'm capable of using it. Now, stay away. The first point of call for every woman is, can you get out of that situation? And we're saying with a firearm, when you own a firearm, the first law is, can you get out of that situation? If you cannot get out of that situation, we don't want you killed, but you now have a tool to be able to get yourself out of that situation. All right. I'm, I'm also going to be taking your views as our listener on this particular issue. Uh, 011-714-2006. Now, that's the number to dial to get in touch with us uh, this morning. Your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 Amy Clare, you wanted to come in there? Yes. Um, just in relation to research, mm. we're actually busy working on a report. My colleague, Nicholas Larimer, is working on a report that will soon be released 
in which we look at some of these um, sort of arguments, like, for example, law-abiding fire own armors being major causes of serious violent crime in South Africa. That's a myth we dispel. Um, the idea that gun ownership places women at higher risk and that households with guns are unable to be able to use them well, it will be unlikely to use them effectively in the instance of attack. So we're releasing that report in which a lot of research has gone into. Mm-hmm. But also on our online platform, The Daily Friend, we've got a lot of articles on this as well. So if people want to read further on mm-hmm. that, they can. And I just want to sure. quickly throw that in. And Amy, my question wasn't about gun use in general, uh, mm-hmm. because this conversation is very specific, yeah, specific on, on gender-based violence, yeah, you know. And, 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 and so, so for me... I think it is important for us because South Africa has such high levels of gender-based violence, Mm. our Mm. context matters. And Mm. so if women are already vulnerable Mm. to the existing um, to, 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 to the system as it, as it, it, as it exists currently, yeah. where legal gun ownership, and I'm not even talking about illegal guns, but yeah. women are more likely to fall prey and to fall victims to the use yeah, of I'm, legal guns. Well, um, I think that's quite, that's, we have, that's quite a good one to unpack. Um, so first of all, the reason like I framed it from like guns generally is because this affects women generally. And when we're talking about this amendment, we're talking specifically about removing from the constitution, um, sorry, not the constitution, removing the um, right for self-defense as a reason mm. for owning a firearm. So people not being allowed to own a firearm for self-defense. And that's very significant for women because this also affects security guards as came up in my conversation with Sethi in our interview. Um, we're protected by security guards who own guns. So me as a woman, mm. a South African woman, I mm. don't own a gun. I don't, I'm not pro-guns. I don't like guns. But I'm affected by this if my security guard is no longer allowed to own a gun to protect me. So then I'm paying a private security company to protect me against criminals, but suddenly that protection goes away. So that's one way it affects women. But in other ways it affects women, it's the idea of women being having the right to defend ourselves. Mm. Um, so as Sibi says, it does come down to a choice. My choice is not to use a gun. But I pay a private security company. So it's it's got to do with mm. women having that right to self-defense. Um, and also it's part of a whole structure. Mm. So if the police are already failing us as women in South Africa, and the oh, terrible stories... Um, Somebody told me a story, somebody who was in the police force, about after a special unit got disbanded, about the terrible thing it was for a woman to walk into a police station and try to report that she's been raped. That, like how terrible that is for women. Mm-hmm. If the police are already failing keeping us women safe, um, this is not the right way to address gender-based violence because it's, not, it's often not the legal firearm owners who are committing the crimes. Because as I said before, you don't want to be traceable. So if you're going to do bad things with your gun, you're probably not going to go through a rigorous process mm. to be found sure. competent. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to do mm. with the whole structure of abuse against and, women. And and, and, yeah, yeah. and and Amy, I, I take the point Sorry. that I, I take the point that you're making. And mm. what I'm raising is when we look at the pattern of history in this country, mm. women are more likely to be attacked to suffer violence mm. at the hands of somebody they know versus at the hands of the stranger. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, and and yes. so that that that's where I'm bringing in this argument mm. because the, the argument that is being made here is that owning or, or taking away the right to own a gun mm. is going to 
put women in more danger. And I'm asking currently, do we have any research that tells us that the ability of women to own guns is making them any safer? Mm, I would say we first need to have a look at the research about the stats of how often guns are used in instances of domestic abuse. Because as Tippi pointed out in her interview with me, often gender-based violence happens without guns. Women are murdered without guns, killed without mm. guns. So it's it's quite a complicated argument because you'd have to ascertain, first of all, um, how many of these instances of the domestic abuse used guns, number one, and number two, were those legal gun owners? Were those guns illegally owned? So it's, it's a very broad argument. So then the argument is not that um, tightening the country's gun laws will place women at greater risk of gender-based violence, but maybe just at, at, at risk of violence as, as, as males in this country um, where gun ownership is, is concerned. Um, Tepi? Oh, sorry. So, sorry, sorry, I heard Tepi wanted to come in there. Yeah. Uh, so, Kathy, I just want to take you back just a little bit. We, um, and this is what we carry out also in our Girls on Fire uh, um, a, a training. There is no difference between a stranger who comes into your home to attack you and somebody you know who is in your home and is attacking you. Let's, let, let's, let, let's make that crystal clear. If an attack on you is happening, it doesn't matter who it's, who it's coming from. It is an attack on you. And you have that right to defend yourself. Now, if you remove Section 13 mm. uh, uh, for, for women, uh, for anybody actually, to license themselves, you make women even more vulnerable uh, to, to being to being abused, not only by, by, by the person in the home, but also by the person who's coming outside from the home, All a right. total stranger. All right. Let me quickly go to the phone lines. Uh, Trevor in Cape Town. Good morning to you, Trevor. How are you? I'm all right, Trevor. Go for it. Yeah, I would like to weigh in on the, the conversation that you're having uh, today, mm-hmm. um, currently. Um, I'm of the opinion that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, you know. Taking away the right to own a firearm is is just wrong, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, and and our women are very vulnerable, especially now. You know, with the with the gender-based violence and all of those things happening. So it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man. You know, the the, the right to own a firearm is 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 your right. It's okay. a choice. If you mm. want to buy a firearm, own one legally, mm. it's all good. All right. Um, it's, 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 it's just a matter of releasing it. It's, it's a matter of um, 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 trying to eradicate the scourge of the illegal firearms mm-hmm. in our country. Mm-hmm. All right, I think Trevor. That is the that is the, the conversation we should be having. Let me bring in Nanangobese. She's the leader of Women Forward. She's on the line. Uh, Mangobese, thank you so much for joining us. Your own views on this conversation. Yeah, uh, Kathy, I must first admit it's a very complicated um, a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my ideal, in my days when I used to be idealistic, I used to believe in gun-free societies. Um, I haven't seen one yet. And um, I would like to actually um, agree with the, with the former speakers that everybody has a right to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I've been at the um, one end of, of being broken into in the, my home 
and the first thing people wanted to ask for was a gun and i understood what that meant uh, mm. because they 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 always make obviously when it's women they make assumptions obviously that we, we can't defend ourselves and i was very angry at that time that why is it not clear to people that everyone can defend themselves if i had a gun i would have shot somebody that day definitely i would not mm. even have asked the question now whether like the, the former speaker just uh, the the, the person who called in said whether you are a man or woman i think you have a right to defend yourself because by the time the police come you already have blood on the floor and the blood is usually that of a victim who did not have the gun and the people who actually have those guns uh, wielding those guns and and knives around are the people who don't actually have those things legally no the people actually would want to actually have those guns legally they would actually want to defend themselves and it's a it's a it's a no-brainer to actually say everybody has a right to defend themselves mm. simply because our police system does not work Kathy, on the day they even came into my house you know the 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 the, the thugs yeah the police came and they did what they do with your with, with your forensics and everything everything came to kneel nothing even when they even knew they actually had the fingerprints of the people they knew their names they knew where they lived until today nobody's been arrested mm. Do you understand? So when people talk about gun ownership, I, I don't even have qualms about it. I wish we lived in a world where we didn't need guns, and that would be idealistic as far as I'm concerned. But the reality dictates to us that everybody has a right to defend themselves. I support the CP, the girls on fighting, because people know that women are least likely to have anything on themselves to defend themselves, which is why we are easy victims. If people knew that women can actually fire back as much as they are actually uh, 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 brutalized and abused, I don't mm. think we'll actually have so much violence. Mm. And I don't think women actually advocate for violence. It's the situation that makes us want to actually defend ourselves because we're also human. We, we are not anything less than human. All right. Let me quickly go to Sgeshe in Rangwana. Good morning to oh, Sgeshe, Sgeshe. Good morning to you, Sgeshe. Morning, morning, Casey. How are yes, you? Yes, yes. I'm well, thank you. Go for it. I'm, I'm okay. Personal experience. Uh, mm. I, got, I got robbed on uh, Saturday late. And then, very funny, my, my safe was taken from the wall with my firearm. And then I went to Mangoyen Police Station to go and report the case. And then they said they would send people to come over and uh, take a look. Mm. This is where I find it very funny because, according to me, the, the, that uh, minister, Begitel, has already taken a decision on us that the uh, where it involves a legal firearm, it must be taken. When the guys came into my house, already they had an idea that they're going to charge me with negligence. That's what the constable told me, that the, that lady that you spoke to, he said, I must go and charge you with negligence. A lot of things were, were taken from my house, Casey. But it's, uh, funny enough, only the concentra- concentration was on the firearm. Mm. The case was open. I got the SMS. Till today, Casey, I don't ever... I didn't get an SMS who, who, that, that, that uh, specify who's going to be detective on this one. And I have got somebody that I'm suspecting that uh, might, might, might be the one who broke into my house, but I had to compose myself and hold myself and behave. But yet again, if the government is saying you must not own firearm, we don't have a problem, Katie. What will be the alternative in the absence of a, a licensed firearm? 
because definitely South Africa is not safe. We, we, we don't have a problem, but what will be the alternative? Let mm-hmm. the Ikele tell us. Mm-hmm. If we don't have our uh, illegal firearm, what will be the alternative for us to be protected with our kids? Because you you are sleeping in your house, Katie. People are just doing as they wish in your house, as if you know you are sharing, you are sharing, you have shared the cost of that house. And then the Ikele say, no, mm-hmm. we, we, we can't protect ourselves. Only the criminal will be protected. Sreshe, in Hangwana, very important questions uh, that you are raising. And I suppose, um, you know, what he's saying there is echoed by the guests that we've had on this morning. Let me thank all of you uh, for your time. Amy Claire Morton, she's an analyst at the Institute of Race Relations. Tepi Magwe, spokesperson for Girls on Fire. And Nanangobese, the leader of Women Forward, also coming in to, uh, to, to, uh, to add to this conversation. Uh, I'll read some of your WhatsApp messages and voice notes on this issue of gun ownership. It's 11 o'clock now. Luyanda Maume is standing by with your latest news headlines or news update rather. Luyanda, good morning.